Thank you very much. Uh, it's a real privilege to uh, to be back in Durham and to just uh, spend this time. Um, I think we're, we're really at the cusp of something really, really exciting. And, um, and, and I think we, we're all privileged to be here at a time like this uh, because I think there is a great opportunity to press into God and, and trust God for that which over time and over seasons had looked impossible. Uh, but there's something about the timing and the seasons of God. Uh, and I think the Bible says it makes all things beautiful in His time. So I, I see uh, uh, a season in God where even things that previously have been crooked and have been just not great, where we really have an opportunity in God to see God do something tremendous with it. Um, God has put something on my heart. Um, I've been really, really praying and asking God to really give me a word. And, and, and I believe God has given me something which I'm just going to share with us. I'm going to read the passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read the whole passage. Um, uh, it's a long passage, but I think it's important to just ring, to read everything to us. I keep an eye on the time. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm reading from, I think it's the uh, NLT. It says, in my Bible, it says, everyone has special abilities. That's the, like the subhead in, in, my, in my Bible here. And now, brothers, I want to write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of you. For I don't want any misunderstanding about them. You will remember that before you became Christians, you went around from one idol to another. Not one of which could speak a single word. But now you are meeting people who claim to speak messages from the Spirit of God. How can you know whether they are really inspired by God or whether they are fakes? Here is the test. No one speaking by the power of the Spirit of God can cause Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord and really mean it unless the Holy Spirit is helping him. Now, God gave us many kinds of special abilities, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service to God, but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are many ways in which God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work in and through all of us who are His. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each one of us as a means of helping the entire church. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Someone else may be especially good at studying and teaching. And this is his gift from the same Spirit. It gives special faith to another and to someone else the power to heal the sick. It gives power for doing miracles to some and to some others power to prophesy and preach. It gives someone else the power to know whether evil spirits are speaking through those who claim to be giving God's message, or whether it is really the Spirit of God who is speaking. Still another person is able to speak a language he never learned, and others who do not know the language either are given power to understand what he is saying. It is the same and only Spirit who gives all these gifts and powers. 
deciding which each one of us should have. Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. So it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together into one body. We have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit and have all been given the same Holy Spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And what would you think if you heard an ear saying, I am not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye? Will that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then, who, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big here, how could you smell anything? But that isn't the way God has made us. He has made many parts for our bodies and has put each part just where he wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. So he has made many parts, but still there is only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. Yes, we're especially glad to have some parts that seem rather odd. And we carefully protect from the eyes of others those parts that should not be seen. While, of course, the parts that may be seen do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that might otherwise seem less important. This makes for happiness among the parts, so that the parts have the same care for each other that they do for themselves. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Now here is what I am trying to say. All of you together are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. I'll read that again. Now here is what I am trying to say. All of you together are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Here is a list of some of the parts he has placed in his church, which is his body. Apostles, prophets, those who preach God's words, teachers, those who do miracles, those who are the gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who can get others to work together, those who speak in languages that have never been learned. Is everyone an apostle? Of course not. Is everyone a preacher? No. Are all teachers? Does everyone have the power to do miracles? Can everyone heal the sick? Of course not. Does God give all of us the ability to speak in languages we've never learned? Can you just 
anyone understand and translate what those are saying who have the gifts of foreign speech? No. But try your best to have the most important of these gifts. First, however, let me tell you about something else that is better than any of them. I think it's interesting. Let's pray. Father, we just ask. You've already been speaking to us and it's really interesting what you've given me because I think it just fits so perfectly to some of what we've been learning today. So, Lord, I just really want to thank you because I believe your spirit is at work amongst us. And, Lord, we, we just want to thank you for that. And so, Lord, as, as we share together, will you just speak power <coughs> to our hearts and encourage us by your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. I think it's interesting that Paul, in this letter, as he starts week talking about the gifts of the spirit, and then he kind of transitions into the path of the body of Christ. And very clearly saying, even the manifestation of the spirit comes with different kinds of manifestation. It's not the same manifestation for everyone. But each one of it is significant. So that enablement of the spirit that helps you to help other people is equally as necessary and important, as significant as that enablement of the spirit that helps you to teach and preach very well. And he says, all of these things in the work of the Holy Spirit carry the same weight. Because all of them are working together that the body of Christ will be matured and will be established. Sometimes in our thinking, we might think, this one is more important than the others. And that's why I think it's interesting the way he uses the analogy of the body. And since there are bits of the body that we all, you, know, you will be gladly exposed and all of that, but there are bits of it where you're kind of thinking, not really. But he says, actually, the way God has so designed it, that bit which you may not necessarily get too excited about is giving it greater honor. So that in the working together of that body, all that many parts are working together to bring a gladness, to bring a happiness, to bring a wholeness, which is really what God has desired and what he wants to accomplish. And while I was preparing for this meeting, one of the things just before I came out, I felt God saying to me, Address frustration. Because sometimes there are, there are frustrations that come upon us as people of God. And this frustration can be either with yourself, because you just find yourself, whether it be a pattern of habitual sin, or, 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 or an inadequacy in yourself, or, or something that you, you think you should be doing or you're not doing, or you're doing something that you know you shouldn't, you know. But just the sense of frustration with yourself. For some of us, it's frustration with others. You just sort of feel, they're just not getting it. They're just not pulling their weight or they're just not going where they need to go or, or they're hindering me or preventing me from being what God wants me to be. Or sometimes it's actually frustration with God himself. And you're just saying, Lord, I just don't get what you're doing here. And you really, really, really finding it really hard and just a real hard slog. And, and, and just as something, God reminded me of one of the days in Qatar, uh, and myself and Tayo had been trying to get the students, and so the students, the children's residency permit sorted, because Simi needed to be back for his exams, and it was just taking forever. That we were just meeting with stumbling block every day, and then we'd gone into this particular office in the Foreign Affairs, 
and we've been there the first time and they said, oh, you need to go and get this. And then we went away, we went to get that and then we came back. We met somebody else and they said, oh, no, no, you need to go and get something else. And then we went again and then we came back. And on the third time in the same day, uh, and Tyra had gone to this, because they're all like cashier kind of, you know, like desk and you just have to walk to. And you can't see the same person you, because every time you come, you pick a number. And whenever your number comes, you go. So you can't even say, can I go back there? Because I've already explained what, no, no, no. You just pick a number and then whoever calls that number. And then, of course, I said, tends to happen. That was a third different person we were seeing that day. And she walked up to this girl and said, oh, you know, salam alaikum, uh, can I? And she looked at him and said, you speak Arabic? And Tara said, well, I'm sorry, I can't speak Arabic. And she looked at him and said, well, if you can't speak Arabic, I don't speak English. And she just kept quiet and looked at her, and I'm like, what's going on? And he said, yeah, you speak Arabic. If you don't speak Arabic, I don't speak English. And she just went on her phone and just started playing. Oh, dear Lord. This was the third attempt in the day. And eventually she just scribbled something on the paper and just said to her, go over there. She, she wouldn't attend to. And then eventually we left that day and got nothing done. And for... A couple of minutes, I can never remember. I probably don't think I've ever been as, as angry with God as I was in those minutes. Because in that moment, if it was possible, I would have just picked my bag and straight back to Durham. I said, Lord, what a humiliation. What, I don't need this. Why would you put us through this? And I felt such, in fact, I, 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 I shocked myself. I was shocked. The amount of, uh, it caught me unawares, actually. I didn't realize I could have that level of anger in me. If I, I shocked myself, the thought that was going through my mind. And I just said to Tyro, because I, I pulled her away from work to kind of come and try and get rid of it. After about five hours, I said, you just go back to work. I need to go back to the hotel. I just need to go into a room, put up the light, shut the curtains, and keep away from everybody else. And I just went down there and just laid on that bed and just poured my heart before the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I can't believe where that came from. But then I just, I just poured my frustration before, and the Lord just ministered to me, encouraged me. And after about an hour, I kind of just got up and then. But, and, and, and the beginning, and, I, and it just flashed through my mind as I was preparing for this, that sometimes there can be frustrations that can come and things like that. Where it looks as if the, 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 the giftings or, or, or the callings that God has for us or for our lives, something is just standing against that. Or the, the pattern supposed to be playing in the body, just something just prevents it from happening. And sometimes it's almost a, a sense of frustration. I go, what are you doing about this? But I just feel tonight the Lord just wants to encourage us again and say, it's the same spirit or is that work? And he's bringing it to pass. But we need to be careful how we manage sometimes that frustration. Especially frustration with others. Because when your frustration with others gets in the way of you functioning in your role in the body. In our hearts we may feel there is a justification for that. Yeah, because Lord, I can't function in this role because they just, all of these people, all that one person just makes it impossible. But I just really felt the Lord 
speaking to somebody here tonight, I don't know who that is, and say, that sounds like a really plausible excuse, but actually, God says, not really. And he reminded me of that story when he talked about the talents. And he says, you know, the master came and he gave one five talents, he gave one two talents, and he gave one one talent, and he says, go and use it. And we know what happened, you know, everybody used it and they got something. But this one guy says, I'm a bit weary of this guy, this master with this talent. I will just hide it away, so that when he comes back, I give it to him. And in some way, which I'd never really put together, just this evening as I was thinking about it, and he says, it's almost similar to saying to God, that giftings, that special ability, that talent you've given me, it's of no use because you've given all these other ones, all these fancy and nice ones. All you've given me is this one. Why would I bother do anything with it? I'm not the head. I'm not the eyes. I'm not the, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the faster bit. I'm only just that odd bit that even people hide away. Nobody even wants anybody to know it's there. And God was saying to me, do you realize that actually it's almost like what that guy did when he says, well, you know, you know, the ones with five, yeah, they can, they can, you know, they're excited to go and do it, but I've only got one, so all I'm going to do is bury it. Any day you come, you can come back and have it. Because, you know, if all you could think of me is just to give me one, then that's no good. And I'm not going to do anything with it. And he says, actually, it's not just that it's no good to you, the body suffers. The body suffers. Because he says, every single one is a necessary part of the body. And it says if one bit of the body is not functioning, the whole body suffers. So it's not just losing possibly my reward or be able to hear the Lord say to me, well done, good servant. No, actually the body suffers. And the challenge, I believe God is calling each one of us into a season to reflect and to think what we are doing with the giftings and with the abilities and with the functions that he has called us to occupy in his body. And when there are genuine things that have frustrated us and that have hindered us from either being able to function in our giftings or to function in the place where we're supposed to be in terms of our role in the body, God says it's time to address it. It's not enough to let that frustration rob you of your fruitfulness in his service. Because like that servant, he had a really, in his mind, he had a good justification why it was necessary to just put that talent away but the master said, no, that's not good enough. If you thought I was that bad a master, why didn't you even put it in the bank then? I get a bit of interest. This is for fruitfulness. There is no excuse for barrenness. There is no excuse for ineffectiveness. There is no excuse for missing out in your place in part of this body. And I really sense God wants to bring restoration. So get me right here. I'm not saying that there are not genuine reasons why you might find yourself there. But God wants to address it. Because that's not where he wants to leave you. I, remember, I like the guy who says, you know, God, God loves you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. 
So there is a validation in God. Others might not. There is a validation and an acknowledgement in God to say, yes, that is a real and a genuine difficulty. But he just loves you too much to leave you there. He says, okay, come with me. Let's walk together. And let's bring you back into a place of fruitfulness. Now, the outworking of that may be different for each one of us. It may mean being replanted somewhere. It may mean shifting focus. It may mean shifting perspective. It may mean so many different things. But you can be guaranteed that in God's agenda, it will bring you back to a place of fruitfulness in God. Because it says those who are planted in the courts of our God will flourish and they will bring forth his fruitfulness. That is his heart desire for every single one of us. Not for the guy who's got those five talents and the superstar. And just in closing, I want us to go again to that verse 21. Because I think it's really important. I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. Some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. Will somebody read it in a different translation? If you don't mind, please. Any other translation? I just want us to just hear it differently. Is there any other translation? Okay. But that, I feel for me, is the cross of this evening. We need to pay attention to the simile weak parts because it says they are indispensable if this body is going to function and fulfill the call of God on his life we need to develop God's perspective when it comes to the significance of the parts of the body of Christ the weakest parts of the body are indispensable Oh, well, I'm great, you know, this is fine, I'm just rugging ahead, you know, these guys are slowing me down. No, they're not. They're not slowing you down. They are indispensable part of the body. And we've got grace, you know, what, what really struck me as I prepare for this is, there is grace, because, because if God's design, if that's the way God has designed the body to function, then it struck me, then there is grace to walk with the weak part of the body. There is the strength in God. There is the wisdom in God. There is the compassion in God. There is everything in God to actually make everything work together. It should never be an hindrance to the fruitfulness and to the work of the Spirit amongst us. Because then we're saying God is wrong. His design is not right. And God help us that we'll ever say that. But he says, he says it is the work. That's the way He has designed it. It's the same Spirit that has given that head, that has given these really oddly parts that we need to be very careful the way we manage it. It's the same spirit. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. You're not tolerating it. You're not just coping with it because, oh, well, no, they're not an irritant. No, no, no. They are 
and a dispensable and a significant and necessary part of the body. Now, if we get that, if that sinks into a spirit man, that will change our perspective. That will change the narrative around certain things and the way we, we handle things and, we, and the way we cope with things. And I, I really feel that God is really ready to take us in. But peradventure, I'm just mindful of time. Peradventure, you are in that place tonight. I really feel that's just a real sense in my heart that God wants to deal with our frustration. Because I sense there's some genuine frustration. And he sees it. And by spirit, he wants to just help you to just come out of that place of frustration. And bring you back into a place where you can begin to function and to begin to play your role. Every one of us is significant. Every one of us is important. Every single one of us is very important to what God wants to do in this time. And what you bring, it's really important. Yeah, you might bring it in a way that looks like it's not important, or sometimes because of certain things about you, it might look as if actually that is not important and it's causing a lot of problems. But that's not because what God has put in you is... It's that sometimes, even what God has put in you, if you use it in a way that is not honoring to Him, it might look as if it's a problem. But intrinsically, no, that is not a problem. It's about God helping you to get a different perspective of how you use that and doing that. But inherently, it is a gift to the body of Christ. And it's how we turn it around. How we ensure that what God has designed that to do or to accomplish gets done. But especially for those of us who are strong, the Bible says, let those of you who are strong carry the weak. You know, strengthen the feeble knees. Lift up the drooping hands. It says, Peter, the enemy has desired to have you, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you. But when you come to that place of victory, what does he say? Strengthen your brethren. Yeah, you're weak now, I'm carrying you. But when you're in that place of strength, use that strength to energize and carry your brethren. So that as they come into their place of strength, then they continue. So it's, it's, it's almost like that, uh, what do you call it? It's like a relay. You do your bid, you give it to the other person. You know, we're all connected in it together. And yes, sometimes you might be weak, that's okay. But he doesn't want you to remain like that forever. But for those who are strong around at that time, that's the time they need to rise up and strengthen you. And then once you're back on your feet, what happens? You keep going again. And we just keep exchanging the bathroom and keep supporting. And, and I think that's why it's so powerful what you've brought. Because that is happening, we need to stand in the gap. We need to hold that forth and release those brethren so that they can continue what God has put on their hand. And then as they get back onto their feet, what happens? They move on again. And it just goes on and on and on and on. Let's pray. If you are in that place tonight, and if, if, and I'm particularly about some of those who might find themselves in that place of frustration, I would really crave your indulgence, because I just believe um, there is grace tonight to do some real 
eternal work in our heart by His Holy Spirit. So if that's you, I would first of all just like you to cry out to God in your own heart. And then I will create opportunity to, if you would like some prayer, to actually pray with you. Because I think it's really, really important. This is body ministry. We need to come alongside one another. Everybody has to get into the place that God has called for them. And for some, it might mean maybe even after here, we might need to sit with somebody and walk through certain things. That's fine. Whatever we need to do, but we do it together. We do it as a body. It's not a body. It's not an irritant. That's why we're here. That's the whole point of body ministry. We're all together in this. And God is calling us together to work together, to support one another. So I'll give you a few minutes to pray. And then I'll just encourage us to, if, you, if, if that's you specifically, or there's really, you just feel a sense to have some time of prayer, then maybe... I just encourage you to maybe step out and let's, let's just pray with you and just believe God to do something definite tonight.